holy and gracious God, open our ears and our minds and our hearts to the word you have for each and every one of us this day. And as I, your servant, stand before you, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. A few weeks ago, I was thinking back to a particular summer when I was a young teenager, and uh, my family happened to be in Beckley, West Virginia, because my dad was at a mayor's conference, and coincidentally, I had a tennis tournament the same place, the same weekend, um, and so it happened to be a time when not only was I there with my family, but there were lots of other people in the area. And I was thinking about this because another one of my young, young friends at that time, he passed away a few weeks ago. So I was thinking of this particular trip um, in preparation for his service. And as I was, I, one of the highlights that I always think back to is that it was the first time I ever heard the name Garth Brooks. I had never heard of this musician, but it happened that my, my brother and my mother and I, we were on the driving range at our hotel, and there was a guy and some of his friends who were at the other tea boxes right beside us, and we were all kind of cutting up together and having a good time. And when I went back into the hotel, one of the girls who was at the conference with me said, did you see Garth Brooks? I was like, who? I don't know who that is. And she said, yeah, he was out there on the driving range, and he was wearing this hat. I was like, oh, I was talking to that guy. He's a really <laughs> nice guy. And, it, and he happened to be playing the West Virginia State Fair. So my, my Garth Brooks story is I met him, and I had no idea who he was. And I had no idea that he would become one of the greatest stars and a musician who has had number one hits in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s, and on and on. And I like to listen to him, not as a big fan, but because he has this radio station called the Garth Channel, and he always tells these stories about the music, and he talks about all of the musicians that are on there, and he gets real quiet like this, and he tells you about the time he was sitting next to them at the bar, and he can't believe he got the privilege to be with them. Just It's so much that he constantly exudes this humility um, even as he's looking at artists that come behind him. And a couple weeks ago, at, you know, while it, so it's all coming together. I'm driving down the road. I'm, I'm driving back to West Virginia for my friend's funeral, and I'm listening to the Garth channel on the radio and just thinking about all of that coming together. And he had this show where he calls it the theme park. And what he does is, is Garth picks a theme in his music, and then he tells 
stories about the songs that all go with this theme. And so the theme was Oasis. And when we think about what an oasis is, is it's a place in the desert where you can find water and life and vegetation when there's nothing else there. So when you are wandering through the wilderness and you can't imagine how you're even going to crawl five more feet before you collapse, the oasis on the horizon beckons you and you know that there you can finally get relief. And you can finally get what it is you're searching for. So this month we're going to be talking about what it is to be people who are in a wilderness. When we look outside our church walls, when we look at our neighbors and our friends, what we understand is that so many of us are living in this place where we are parched, and where it is dry, and where we feel left behind or far from God, but in our world is this oasis, and it's the church. So what we're going to be inviting each other to do in this season is to consider who it is that we know, even if it's our very ourselves, that are craving this, 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 Deep, deep gulp of the water of life. And we're going to remember that that's what Jesus invites us into in this season. This thirst that is not slaked by sitting at the bar and having another round, ultimately. But it is met with a faith in the God who has given all for us. So we're going to do the wilderness according to Garth. Tonight we see this classic scripture of Jesus being led into the wilderness immediately following his baptism. So he has this moment in the, in the, in, where he has gone out to the wilderness to find other people and to find John the Baptist so he could be baptized and then after the Spirit of God rests upon him and he hears the voice of the Lord saying, this is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately after that, Jesus goes to the wilderness to experience his temptation. And so for 40 days and 40 nights, he goes without food. I can't even fathom that. But he's starving. And it's there in that starvation when the tempter comes to him and says, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus says, It's written, People won't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. And after the devil brought him into the holy city, and stood him at the highest point of the temple, he said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. But again, Jesus says, It's written, Don't test the Lord your God. It's an interesting thing when you consider 
temptation and testing. Because they can seem like the same thing. But it's been known that the way we separate the two is to understand that by definition, God tests, but Satan tempts. And paradoxically, in the same circumstances, either one of those things can be the same depending on how it is the believer responds. So here, we have Jesus replying in the midst of this temptation, while Satan is tempting him, he says, don't test the Lord your God. The devil brings him to the high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, go away, Satan, because it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And the devil left him and the angels came and took care of him. We think about this as the temptation of Jesus, but in reality, all four, or all three of the synoptic gospels talk about two temptations that Jesus experiences. He has this first one in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry, but when is he also going to be tempted? In the garden, as he is praying for God to take this from him. So he experiences temptation at both ends of his earthly ministry. And we find him able to stand before both of them. When we think about it, we try to imagine why Jesus would have to undergo such a temptation. Why would he even have to start in the wilderness? He's already going to have a ministry that impacts so many people, but yet... What we find is that in the wilderness, as difficult as it is, as hard as, as it is to face the suffering and the starvation that we have, it is truly a test of our spirit. And it's in that time of testing that Jesus was found ready to begin his work, to go out into the world and do his ministry. And even as Satan is offering to give him all the kingdoms of the world, the lesson comes to us through Jesus in this place and this time that there are no shortcuts that you get to the glory of God. But as Witherington and Hyatt say, it's following the hard and long path of obedience, living by God's word and resisting temptations by relying on God's word. That is what gets us there. God does not create us to remain outside of the wilderness. So I'm going to bring it back to Garth Brooks here and talk just a moment about one of his songs. It's called Standing Outside the Fire. And the chorus of that song says, Standing outside the fire, standing outside the fire. Life is not tried. It is merely survived if you're standing outside the fire. And in the video for this song, which I won't show because it's, it's a hokey video from the 80s. <laughs> and you look at it, you say, really? But it, it has this really, this 
story of a mother and a son. And the son has Down syndrome, and he's in high school. And he wants to try all the things that his friends are doing, even though he's experiencing those challenges and limitations. He's, she, so it shows his mom teaching him how to drive and letting him drive the last block to school. And he's trying to sign up for the track team. And he's putting his name on the form, and the coach is trying to get him to do the Special Olympics instead, not to join the regular track team. And the mother and father of this young boy, they get into an argument because the father doesn't want his son to join the team. He doesn't want him to be embarrassed. He doesn't want him to suffer. He doesn't want him to experience pain and loss. But the mother is saying, you have to let him do this. And I thought what a beautiful image this is of what God did for us. Because God could have protected Jesus from the world. God could have said, I'm not going to let my son be impacted by those people out there. They're evil and they're horrible. But instead, what God does is stands beside is part of all that he is about to suffer and face. And Christ is taking on all of the pain and heartache of the world, not standing outside of it, not just looking from a distance, but coming in flesh and blood to walk and live and be a human, even unto death. There are no shortcuts, and Jesus shows us that. That our lives are meant to be lived. They're meant to be messy and painful and full of challenges and temptations and tests. But what calls us to be faithful to God is how we respond in the midst of all of that. Can we return all of the devil's temptations with the word of the Lord? Can we speak scripture? Can we stand in knowledge of what Christ has done for us? And know that we too are able to overcome everything that we find in the wilderness. May we not be people who stand outside the fire. But instead those who are willing to not only survive, but to live in this life. And to walk just as Christ did through difficult and challenging places. So that we can see the glory of God at Come as God's people and to join our Lord in the wilderness. And just as we know we don't live by bread alone, but by the very word of God, we are blessed to be sustained in this journey by holy communion. So would you join me around the table? Thank you, God, for this mystery, for you've given yourself to us. Grant that we will now be so nourished by your body and your blood that we may be your hands and your feet and your heart and your voice in this wounded and broken world. Amen. Now let's return over here, and we will sing together our closing song and receive our tithes and offerings. Thank you.
seen anybody lick communion before. <laughs> So let us sing hymn number 641. 